You're listening to Be With B, where I aim to uplift you through encouragement, information, and the Word of God, while promoting wellness of the spirit, soul, and body. I'm your host, Brittany Neesmith, and welcome back to another episode. Today, we're discussing how even when you feel like the odds are not in your favor, that there are more for you than there are against you. With that being said, let's get into it. Have you ever had a situation where you feel like you're reminding your business to just do what you're supposed to do, but then someone came to attack you out of nowhere for your, you know, out of nowhere for you. Well, that's kind of what happened to my guy, Elisha, in Second Kings 6, 8 through 23. So if you don't know him, I want to break down Elijah because he is one of my favorite prophets in the Bible. Actually, I, okay, Elijah and Elisha, but Elisha had a little, you know, razzle-dazzle about him, okay? Uh, <laughs> I fooled with Elisha because he is entertaining. Okay, so let's start off with this. Elijah is, was a prophet in the Old Testament. He had an apprentice named Elisha. Okay. So when Elijah was about to, you know, go on to the great yonder, Elisha would not let him go off by himself because he knew if he went off by himself, he would not get what he was trying to get, which was a double portion of God's glory, like God's power that was given to him. He wanted a double portion of that. And so Elijah told him, all right, so if you're with me when, you know, I'm taken, you get it. But if you're not, you ain't gonna get nothing. So they walk across, uh, he goes to one city, Elisha's like, I'm coming with you. He goes to another place, Elisha said, nah, I'm coming with you. He goes to another place, Elisha like, nah, I'm coming with you. So they go across this river because in every place they went to, these other groups of prophets kept telling Elisha, hey, you know, your master is going to die soon, right? He's like, yeah, mind your business. I guess something's going on. Then he goes to another city, hey. You know, your master's about to die soon. He like, I know, mind your business. Okay. Ah. So then they go across the Jordan River. One of my, like, my favorite parts is that Elijah folds up his cloak, hits the water with a folded cloak, and the water splits, and they walk on dry land. Okay. And so the other prophets who were, you know, being in Elisha and Elijah's business saw it. They're like, look at this, it's wild. So they go across the river and almost as soon as they go across the river, a flaming chariot with flaming horses like separates them. So it goes between them. So it makes them like, you know, push back from each other. And then Elijah was taken on up to glory. Elijah did not die a natural death. He was taken up, you know, to heaven. So Elisha picks up Elijah's cloak goes back over to the Jordan River hits the river nothing happened he's like God of Elijah I need you to show yourself he does it again water splits who see it them those of you prophets from earlier see it like oh snap Elisha just like Elijah ah. you know they like make a whole scene and so then 
they go, hey, if you want me to, we can send some people out to see where your your guy went to. He He's like, no, you ain't got to do that. Because he's seen where this guy went to. No, you don't have to do that. No, if you really want us to, we'll, we'll do it. He's like, fine, just go do it. They searched for three days. They couldn't find Elijah. Then he goes, didn't I tell y'all that you didn't have to do this? But anywho, now he goes back into the city, uh, Jericho. This is all off the top of my head, by the way. He goes back into Jericho. On his way back into Jericho, there were some kids making fun of him, calling him Baldy. What are you doing, Baldy? Some, some, some Baldy. He curses those children and like a hundred, like a, a good amount of them. I don't say a hundred because I don't remember the number. But a good amount of those children uh, were killed by bears. Yeah. Watch. <laughs> Tell your children it's not nice to make fun of people. Okay. So he did a lot of amazing things. I can't say that. Elisha also had some sass about him, like some smart mouth about him, which was entertaining to read all his stories. We're going to be discussing how Elijah gets himself out of a situation where he was literally trapped. And by Elijah getting himself out of that situation, God got Elisha out of that situation. The Arameans were uh, at war with Israel. And the king decided that he was going to, you know, have his people out there. So he's going to start sneak attacking the king of Israel in and everywhere. But what was happening is that Elijah was letting the king of Israel know, hey, don't go over there. You're going to get jumped. Don't go. Don't, don't go on that side of town. They're going to jump you when you get there. All right. So this happens over and over and over and over again to the point where the king of Aaron thinks one of his people is a rat. He gets upset. He's like, which one of you is a traitor? Because there's somebody has to be telling this man my plan. Somebody could be telling him what is happening here. His people are like, no, it's not us. Uh-uh, not us. It's Elisha. There's a prophet in Israel. And he tells the king everything that we're doing. In fact, if you say something in your own bedroom, he know what you said. So he's like, all right, I want you to go find this man and we're going to pull up on him. Of course, they found him really quickly. And they're like, oh, I don't know where he's at. He's in Dothan. And what they do, they pull up. All right. All of them. The Arameans bring their whole army. Basically, there's troops. There's chariots. They got all kinds of stuff going on. So that next morning, the man guy had a servant. So the servant goes outside to begin his daily chores. But when he went outside, he seen other troops. The chariots, the horses, the folks really kill Elisha. He knew they were there for Elisha. He knew that's who they were there for. To where he goes back in there, he's like, what are we going to do? What, what's happening? This is we're surrounded. Elijah, you know, he comes out. He's like, don't be afraid. There are more for us than are against us. So the kids still clearly must be afraid. Because Elijah prays to God and says, Lord, open his eyes. So he must see what's going on here. And so the kid's eyes were open. And he saw horses and chariots of fire. All right. So that means God sent down angel armies to protect Elisha. Elisha knew he wouldn't have no problem. With Arameans, uh, Arameans, I'm sorry. With Arameans, with anybody. He knew he was going to have no problem because he knew God was on his side. So what happens is. He prays to God, Lord, make them blind. 
And so the Lord struck them with blindness. And then Elijah went up to him. Mind you, they pulled up for Elijah. Elijah went up to them and said, hey, you came to the wrong place. This not, this not where he at. Here, come on. We, I'm going to take you to where he's at. So he takes him to another city called Samaria. And so when he gets there, he's like, okay, Lord, open their eyes. Let them see. So God opens their eyes and sees they're in the wrong place. They're in another city. And the king of Israel is like, hey, uh, should I kill them? <laughs> He's like, no, you don't kill prisoners of war. Give them something to eat, give them something to drink, and send them on home to their people. So that's what they do. They eat and they drink, and he sends them on his way. The Arameans never try to attack Israel again. So how does this story apply to you? I'm so glad you asked. So glad you asked. So first and foremost... You have to know who you are and have confidence in who you serve. Elijah was bold. Elijah was so bold that he not only did he want to be like Elijah, he asked God for a double portion of what he had. Like, I don't even want to just do what my uh, my teacher taught me. I want to do more, twice as much, right? So when he came back, he was a bold man, right? Very bold. So when he, you know, was doing the work that he was supposed to be doing, he he didn't lose no sleep. When people came to get him, he lost. No, he didn't bat an eyelash at it. That is confidence in the God that you serve. That no matter what you're doing, long you're in right standing with God, you are doing what you're supposed to be doing. You're living your life right. You will be protected. So much so that. Uh, Jehovah Gabor sends down his angel armies. The Lord of hosts sends down the hosts. Okay. Come on. To where he's not, he sees an army in front of him and he's like, oh, that, that's it? That's all you brought? That's the only people you brought was this? Okay. Come on. Confidence. You have to be confident that you are the child of the most high God. You have to be confident in this. Don't waver. Don't think you are. Don't be a, a 50% Christian. Don't be that lukewarm stuff that Jesus said he's going to spit out. All right? He's like, if you're going to be hot, be hot. If you're going to be cold, be cold. But don't be lukewarm. Don't do that. I'm going to come to church. No offense, but, you know, it is what it is. I'm going to come to church on Easter and Mother's Day and then be looking like, God, why ain't you blessing me? Don't be looking like I'm going to only pray when I need something. But now I'm not, we're never just going to thank you, God, for being God. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't do that halfway Christian stuff. Don't do that. Don't be that artificial Christian. Be the true definition of what a Christian is. And that is someone who follows Christ and does what he says to do. It's really simple. The rest of that stuff is covered by grace. It's very simple, though. The next thing is, do what God told you to do. There is protection in following the instructions of God because say uh you know Elijah wasn't stopping the king of Israel at every turn when he kept trying to you know run into somebody else's army Elijah was doing what he was supposed to do he is telling the king hey let's not do this because all these people lives are basically in their hands if the king goes there the king goes down the whole country goes down so Elijah did his part 
Elijah did his part by making sure that, hey, I'm going to do my job, the job that was commissioned for me, which I'm a prophet of Israel. Because when I see something danger coming, I'm going to tell you about the danger. When I see something that doesn't look right, I'm going to tell you don't look right, don't do that. If your friend says, hey, I, I wouldn't eat that if I were you, then don't eat it. If your friend says, or you're their friend, it's like, hey, I don't, something don't feel right about this. Maybe we should go ahead, head out. Go ahead, head out. That's That's your cue. Okay, that's something telling you that's the Lord, that's the Holy Ghost. And it's telling you to move on with your day. Don't ignore the instructions of God. Those who ignore the instructions of God, you know, let's start with eating the, the fruit. You know what I'm saying? As soon as that happened, everything went downhill. So don't ignore the instructions of God. Number three, when you're in the midst of adversity, ask God to open your eyes. Real simple, real simple prayer. Lord, open my eyes so I can see your instruction. Lord, open my eyes so I can see the plan. Lord God, open my eyes so I can see what's going on around me. Open, ask God to open your eyes. Okay? So many times you're in situations and people get in situations where it doesn't seem right and we start to do things out of our own strength. You don't, you don't get angel armies coming to fight for you out of your own strength. You only get that treatment when you're giving it over to God. Okay. Lord, open my eyes. I am blind somewhere. That boy was blind. He could not see. He did not have the the faith to see what's going on. All he saw was the army. All he saw was a problem. All he saw was the situation. All he saw was the people coming against him. He couldn't see what God was doing right behind it. Right behind it. The people pulled up, God pulled up. <laughs> that fact. Boom, boom, boom. Okay? Real fast. God's omnipresent. He's people he he sent his angels quickly. Okay. Oh, you gonna pull up on my guy? Absolutely not. You're gonna pull up on my daughter? Absolutely not. You're gonna pull up on my son? Absolutely not. I'm right behind you. Check your six. <laughs> right behind you. Also, uh, don't be afraid to blind your enemy. You know what I'm saying? God blind them. Those people who are coming against me who are trying to plot and watch what I'm doing. Blind them so they can't see what I'm doing. Blind them in the spirit. Those people always watching me, always asking me questions, checking on me. Blind those people. Because it's something ain't right about it. Why do they keep calling me? We don't even talk like that. Why do they want to sit next to me at lunch? I don't even like them. They don't like me. Blind them. Because they plotting something against me. You know, don't be afraid to ask God, do what needs to be done so you can move on. The victory is won. That victory, so God took the blindness of one of his own children, gave it to the enemy, moved the enemy to a different place, and then sent the enemy on home. Nobody was harmed. (laughs) And the whole story, or this is a war, people are dying. Okay, this Old Testament, you know, they killing folks left and right. Okay, nobody was harmed in the making of this faith story. Okay, not a not a human here was harmed. Elijah wasn't harmed, nor were those goofball enemies harmed either. You know what I'm saying? That's that's how amazing God is. Yes, blind your enemies doesn't mean that your enemy gonna die, because you know that's God people too. They just don't need to be around you. They need to move on with their day. 
That's wild. That just dawned on me. Blinding your enemy. The blindness of the, the boy without faith was given to the enemy to help maneuver the child of God, the man of God, out of the way of harm. God will do a switcheroo on, on them people. God will do a reversal, reverse card on your enemies real fast. So when situations are looking like they're too hard for you, give it to God. He has a army at his disposal to move on your behalf. Okay. An army. If it's a person, if it's a situation, if it's an illness, if it's a circumstance, if it was a, a freak accident, natural disaster, give it to God. Give it to God. God will move things in such a way that it's going to shock everybody. Right. You know, Elijah was not uh, afraid to let somebody die. Okay. Those children get killed. By a bear of all things. A bear? A yogi? I'm sorry. (laughs) He's not afraid to sacrifice somebody for acting a fool. So these people were literally coming to kill him. And God said, a host of army, a host of angels, chariots, horses, riders on the horses and in the chariots. Okay. So it's not just like, oh, it's just an empty chariot. There are uh, warriors ready to throw down on your behalf. Okay. Which you need. What we have to understand is there's some things that we, we are not in control of. We have got to let God do his thing. But that comes by being confident in him, having faith. Don't be blind like the boy. You have to stand 10 toes down like Elisha. Take your blinders off. If you feel like a situation looks like you look up and you're surrounded, you don't have an answer. You're not supposed to have the answer. Like it, It just blows me sometimes. Like, why do you think that you have to be the one with the answer? You don't have to have the answer. Some things are set up for you not to have the answer so you can go seek God for the answer. He just wants fellowship from you anyhow. He just wants to commune with you anyhow. He just wants to have a relationship with you anyhow. So, you know, situations arise where you got to come ask for help. Hey, Dad. Dad, these people are really being rude. I don't know what's going on with the day. Dad, there's something going on over here at work. Dad, there's something going on over here at school. These kids picking on me. Dad, I don't know, I'm going to pay this bill. Dad, my car broke down again. Dad, I got another flat tire. I just put a tire. You know, there was one time in my life I had to replace all four tires, not at the same time. It was one tire going down randomly at different times. And they were spaced out to where it it didn't make sense. Like a, a nail in one. Okay. Then I had a speed bump, blew one out. Okay. Then like a while later, this one got something going on with it. And then what? all four tires, you know, it's cheaper to buy four tires altogether. You know how much more expensive it was to buy a tire individually. Okay. But you know what my goofball butt did at that time? I wasn't going, God, I need you. No, I was trying to do it wet out of my own strength and I paid all this money. I should have said, God, what am I blind about right now? What am I not seeing? What am I not doing? 
that I keep running into the situation. Like guys, like, hey girl, I'll try to try to get you at one, try to get your attention two, try to get your attention three, four. All right, she, you know what? Okay, let her let her let her do her thing. Okay, let her go on about her day. Okay, don't please take take it from me. Don't have God come yoke you up. All right, don't. It's not what you want. Okay. Let him be your protector. Let him show you when it's him on your side, you have far more on your side than there are against you. When God is for you, who can be against you? That's a that's not you know, that's not a scripture that you just say flippantly. You know, this is a real, if God is for me, who could be, I will run through walls. I will run through troops. You have an army. If you want to, I will, I will smash them as fine as dust because God came down from heaven and fought for me. That's Psalm 18. I think I'm going to do a whole episode on just on Psalm 18. Cause that one gets me every time, every time God is for you. He's so for you that he sends other spiritual beings to fight off demonic beings on your behalf on a regular. You don't even know. When people come up there, you literally have body, you have a bodyguard, you have a spiritual bodyguards with you. So when people try to pull up on you, they already there. Elijah had a host, Elijah had an army of people, an army of, of beings ready to fight. And since he's seen that, he used his wisdom and said, God, just blind him. Blind him and we're going to do something a little different. Now, I want to pray and decree the word of God over you. As you begin to open your eyes and see the glory of the Lord. Now, I want to pray and decree the word of God over you. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in Him I will trust. For He will order His angels to protect you wherever you go. They will hold you up with their hands, so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of His calling. What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? What shall we say then to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Another translation of that says, So what do you think? With God on our side like this, how can we lose? If God didn't hesitate to put everything on the line for us, embracing our condition, and exposing himself to the worst by sending his own son? Is there anything else he wouldn't gladly and freely do for us? And who would dare tangle with God by messing with one of God's chosen? Who would dare even to point a finger? The one who died for us, who was raised to life for us, is in the presence of God at this very moment, sticking up for us do you think anyone is going to be able to drive a wedge between us and christ's love for us there is no way not trouble not hard times not hatred not hunger 
not homelessness, not bullying threats, not backstabbing, not even the worst sins listed in scripture. They kill us in cold blood because they hate you. We're sitting ducks. They pick us off one by one. None of this faces us because Jesus loves us. I am absolutely convinced that nothing, nothing living or dead, angelic or demonic, today or tomorrow, high or low, thinkable or unthinkable, absolutely nothing can get between us and God's love because of the way that Jesus, our master, has embraced us. I want to thank you for joining me today and tune again to another episode of Be Well With Be. If this episode resonated with you, please comment, rate, review the podcast and subscribe. Your feedback will mean the world to me. And if you haven't already, follow me on Instagram at be well underscore with B. Until next time, I appreciate you for spending time with me on this journey to complete wellness. See you in the next episode. Thank you.